So when I was a kid, I was really quiet. Uh, social situations were really stressful for me, so my brother was often my wingman, um, and I'll explain. <laughs> um, I remember several occasions where we'd go to like family events and there'd be other kids playing, but because I felt scared or anxious, I would hold back. My brother, on the other hand, had a knack for charging into any social situation, um, often with some flair. So I had the joy of following him in, apologizing for his behavior, and then introducing myself as his um, sister. So this is our dynamic growing up. This is how we made friends. Um, I recently overheard a conversation between my mum and my brother where my brother asked, when did Alex become different? Apparently mum had told him that at work people didn't believe that I was once quiet. <laughs> He's curious as to how I went from being the shy, quiet kid who relied on him for social interactions to become the apparently loud, outgoing, people-loving person that I am now. When I asked him about it later, he agreed that it was about two years ago when I started coming to church. So what changed? How did I get here? I want to talk to you tonight about three things that took me from where I was then to where I am now. So number one is prayer. Um, before I really knew Jesus, I prayed. If I'm honest, it was probably more of a passing thought. But it was just, God, there must be more than this. I don't know why I'm still surprised he heard me, and he answered my prayer. His word says in Isaiah 65, verse 24, I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Now that I'm walking with Jesus, prayer is such a big part of my life. There are so many reasons to pray. Let's pray for myself, for repentance, for strength, for wisdom. There's the shopping list prayer. God, I need this. God, I want this. This job, this relationship, this house, this car. Let's pray for others. Pray for healing, pray for breakthrough, pray for restoration, for hope, for protection. He's always listening. In fact, his word says he already knows what we need before we ask. In Matthew 6, verses 7 to 9, it says, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father in heaven knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So why do we pray? Communication is an essential part of any relationship, and your relationship with God is no different. Prayer doesn't require qualification, except maybe faith, and even then I think he still listens. He's always listening. He just wants you to talk to him. There was a song released this year called Talking to Jesus. One of my favorite parts of the song are the lines, there's no wrong way to do it. Just tell him what's on your heart, because it's not a religion, it's more like a friendship. Just talk to your father like you're his kid. I've seen so many answered prayers, even in the short amount of time I've been a Christian. When I cried out to God for faith-filled friends, he answered, and now I'm surrounded by a church full of them. When I asked God to free me from anxiety, he gave me peace and joy, which surpasses all understanding. And I think my favorite so far is when I asked him to free my dad from addiction, he answered. Yeah. A little over a year ago, four women, four women stood together in this church and prayed for him to be free of this disease. And this week, we celebrated, celebrated him being one year clean. That is good. Number two is church. Psalm 84 verse 10 says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. This verse, when it is written on your heart, is a game changer. Church for me means two things. One is people, and two is serving. 
In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, it says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So, has anyone seen X-Men? Thank you. (laughs) For those of you who haven't, it's a series of movies produced by Marvel. Uh, It's based on the concept of mutants. They're a population of people born with mutations which give them supernatural abilities like telepathy, manipulation of metals with magnetic force, uh, laser vision, etc. In their worlds, they are ostracized and sometimes persecuted by normal humans because of their differences. Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters is created as an academy for young mutants where they can receive education and training without the persecution of the outside world. The school becomes a base for the X-Men team, a band of superheroes essentially, who fight for peace between humans and mutants. Before coming to church, I always felt like I didn't quite fit in with people my age. Everyone seemed to have no problem doing things I felt morally challenged by. When I first started coming to church, I was introduced to a lot of young adults and was quickly invited to a connect group where I was able to meet more. It was such a culture shock to me to meet so many people my age that shared the same worldview after so long of being in a world without. People who loved God and his word. I felt like I'd found Xavier's mansion. I'd found my people. I was surrounded by people, each with their own God-given gifts. Gifts of mercy, encouragement, wisdom, leadership. People with their own stories of how they struggled to fit in with the outside world because something in them just didn't click. In church, we found a place where we weren't persecuted or ostracized, but rather gifts were encouraged and developed. Not long after coming to C3, I got involved in courses like Alpha, Freedom Course, Growth Track, and I started serving on teams. All gave me opportunities to come alongside new people and develop friendships like I never expected, all while encouraging gifts in me I never knew I had. In the words of Pastor John, when you find your people, you find your purpose. God's word promises that each and every one of you has a purpose and a future. Church can help you find it. Now Sundays are the best day of my week, and I'd rather be here than anywhere else. Number three is the word of God, and that's the Bible. There is a reason why this book, or compilation of books, despite being written over a thousand years ago, is still relevant today. There is a reason why preachers around the world are still continuing to pull revelations out of this text, even after all this time. The inside cover of Katie Haldane's Trash Your Bible summarizes it perfectly in referencing Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is alive and active. Going deeper in the Word is our church's focus for this year. And as a church, this means diving deeper with weekly memory verses, as well as Bible College, Leadership Academy. For me personally, though, it means focusing on quiet time. In John 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and the word was God. To know God is to know his word. Matthew 6 verse 6 says, But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. I think a lot of Christians would testify to the value of having a daily quiet time. Time where you remove yourself from the chaos of the world and spend time with Jesus in private. For me, that looks like taking a coffee into my room each morning closing the door, and reading my Bible before praying. God speaks to you in these moments, through his word. It is through his word that I learn of his nature. Through Genesis, I learn how God is a creator. In Exodus, how he is a deliverer. In Joshua, how he is faithful. In Psalms, how he is an ever-present God worthy of endless praise. In Daniel, he is a protector. Through the prophets, he is the perfect father who provides discipline and correction, but also hope. 
In the New Testament, we meet our Saviour, Jesus Christ, and learn of the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the Gospels, we see His promises fulfilled, Jesus' power and authority demonstrated, and at the same time, His heart for the meek, for the humble, and for the hurting. The words of Jesus provide a guide for loving and living with one another. The Word of God helps me to come into alignment with His purpose for me and for His church. Through it, He gives me revelation to understand things, to make decisions, His Word helps me to have discernment, to recognize what things are from Him and what aren't. His Word helps me to speak life over myself and others. This is the power and the gift of the Bible. These three things, prayer, being in church, and reading the Bible, have been so pivotal for me in growing closer to Jesus. One of my favorite lines from the series, The Chosen, is, I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing that happened in between was Him. I'd love to close tonight by praying over you guys right now, if that's okay, so if we can all close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the God of transformation. You see every single person in this place. I pray, Lord, that each and every person would get to experience the peace, the love, and the joy of an intimate relationship with you. Please help us as we pray as we meet in your house, and as we go deeper in your word. Help us to draw closer to you. I pray that you bless every person in this room. We love you, and we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Come on, guys. Yeah, that was fantastic. Come on. Like, I love reading my Bible, but now, like, I'm, I'm keen, like more keen. I'm excited for tomorrow morning already. <laughs> but in any of those points, hey, there is something for all of us, whether it's being more inspired to pray, more inspired to read your Bible, or just turning up in church every week. That was absolutely awesome. Filled with gold. Can we put our hands together again for Alex? Amazing. Thank you. It's the disciplined little habits that just make such a difference, hey? Um, Our next speaker um, is someone who I personally love so much. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, Joel. (laughs) She does love him. Um, But it's because it's her husband. Um, But anyway, she's just throwing me off. This is good. (laughs) I'm really distractible tonight. I'm so sorry. No, but anyway, Isaac is an amazing man of God. He's not only our youth pastor, um, but a dear friend of mine. And I love that every time I speak to him, every time I hang out with him, I really do leave wanting to be more like Jesus, wanting to know Jesus more, wanting to go home, read my Bible and just stir my faith. And so I just want us to all stand tonight as we welcome up Isaac to come and share with us. How good. (laughs) My wife is so stoked. Hey, you guys can grab a seat. A couple things I want to do quickly before I get into this word is quickly to shout out our location pastor, Pastor Josh. How awesome is our location pastor? Uh, One thing that I love about you, Pastor Josh, is you are an empowering leader. Um, As Joel and I have stepped into this world, you've done nothing but encourage, support, and equip us and have just had our back as we stepped into into the deep end. And we know that you've always got our back. So thank you for empowering us to be all that God's called us to be. And then something very, very quickly that I uh, didn't have planned until the Lord told me to do it in worship. Sharon, give us a wave, Sharon. 
Everyone, this is Sharon. She's one of our amazing youth. Sharon, while we were in worship, I'm going to make this super quick, but I got this scripture uh, that I felt like I wanted to uh, share with you. It's, uh, it says that those who dwell in the presence of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Um, I saw this picture of you seeking Jesus in this room alone on your own, and I saw this picture of what I could only imagine to be His wings coming over you and just r- bringing you in close. And I believe that for you, that as you begin to seek God more. There's going to be a power that comes upon your life. There's going to be an influence. There's going to be a strength that comes upon you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is that cool? Is that cool? Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to get into it. Um, I am a married man, as Isaac just said, and uh, because I've been married for about 18 months, I feel like I'm very qualified to speak on this subject. And all those people, hang on, hang on. There it is. I was about to say, and all the actually experienced marriage people laughed. Um, But no. But one thing I am learning, one thing I am learning is the need for consistency in every area of my marriage, but specifically dating. And the reason why I'm learning this is because I'm a perfectionist. That's kind of, that is a thing that I struggle with. And so when it comes to dating, I have this desire to have it all figured out perfectly planned and to always one-up myself when it comes to like setting up the perfect date. So what happens is I get analysis paralysis, nothing happens, it comes to date night and babes like, what are we doing? And I'm like something. (laughs) Um, And in that moment, what happens is a a rather uh, confrontational conversation that often ends up something along the lines of, I don't care what you plan, just plan something. Do something. (laughs) And all the women who are married in the room said amen. (laughs) But hey, I, uh, I say that to say that we uh, can have a very similar approach, I find at times, with our relationship with God. In that, uh, we often feel like we have to have all our ducks in a row. We have to have it all figured out. We have to figure out the perfect way to do it before we even begin. And I want to read a quick scripture about how the early church actually approached their relationship with God. Acts 2 verse 42 says this, they devoted themselves, everyone say devoted themselves, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. What I love when I read this passage of scripture is it does not describe how they did it only that they devoted themselves to it. And so that's the approach that we got to take. So we're going to have a look at three areas in, in which the, the early church devoted themselves to God and how you and I can do the same. So first and foremost, Alex shared it in her message, but it's to devote yourselves to the Word of God. Or as the, as the verse says, the apostles' teaching. So Joshua 1 verse 8 says this, The book of the law... This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So for those of you who don't know, the Word of God, the Bible, was more than just like an ancient text written thousands of years ago to people that existed back then. It's actually what is called God's self-revelation. What I mean by that is it's God's way of telling you and I today who He is, what he likes, what he doesn't like, um, how he sees you and I, and the, the instructions to live the life that he's called us to live, the best life. And so, as believers, how the heck do we know what to do unless we read it? <laughs> kind, of, kind of practical. Kind of practical in that regard. And why is it important to read it daily? Because God wants to speak into our lives every day. Every day. And we need to continually remind ourselves of what God says to us and what He has previously said to us because we forget it so easily. And so meditating on the Word of God, as is uh, pointed out in Joshua 1, is simply this, not just reading the Scriptures, but speaking it. 
It's reminding ourselves repeatedly what God says in His Word. That Scripture says, the word, this Word shall not depart from your mouth. It doesn't just say your mind, it says from your mouth. And so we've also, we can't just read it and just like get it, let it stay in here. We've got to speak it out. Because as we meditate on, the, on God's Word, the more it begins to move from being something that's just in our heads, just in my head, becomes more than just head knowledge, it begins to move down and becomes faith, it becomes something that we truly believe in the depths of us. And so previously where I may have said to myself, God, how do you best want me to handle this particular situation I'm in? Or God, how do I even know that you love me? If I've been meditating on the Word of God, I no longer have to question it. Because in the deepest parts of my heart and my spirit, because I've been reading, I've been speaking it out day in, day out, I've just got an endless resource of things that God has said over my life so I can tackle life head on knowing that God is for me. So let us be a church that devotes ourselves to reading the Word of God. If you've never picked up a Bible before, start today. Read John or the Psalms or the Proverbs. They're really easy places to start and find just one scripture, one scripture that stands out to you and meditate on it repeatedly, repeatedly. And watch as God begins to speak to you. And He begins to stir up your faith in areas that you didn't believe that He could before. It doesn't have to be a two-hour in-depth Bible study every day. Just whatever it looks like for you, start it and keep doing it. Got to devote ourselves to the Word of God. Secondly, we've got to devote ourselves to prayer. To prayer is powerful. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18 says this, Rejoice always, and then catch this, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. What does all mean? All. (laughs) For this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. So throughout the New Testament, we see a, a similar pattern when it comes to prayer. Jesus says it continuously, to pray consistently and to pray often. I'd ask you this, what would our lives look like if we invited God into every single area, every single aspect of it? Because you've got to understand this, God's got a will. God's got a perfect will. He's got all the answers. He's got all the strategies. He's got all the resources, everything you need to see the breakthrough you're believing for, to see the freedom you're believing for, to see the healing you're believing for, whatever it is. However, it's only in prayer, only in prayer that we invite that will into our lives. Jesus tells us to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's got a will in heaven, but he chooses to wait until we partner with him in prayer before releasing that. Some of you may be here tonight and you've been wondering, why haven't I seen God operate in my life? My question would be to you, have you asked him? Have you asked him? I remember Pastor John uh, preached a message a while back on audacious asking. Audacious asking, and he spoke about as believers, God welcomes us to come before his throne, not meekly and cowardly, but boldly. But boldly, and to ask him to move in our lives. And to not just come before his throne room once, not even twice, but day in, day out, until we see the breakthrough, until we see an answer from God. And so, when you pray, do you pray just once and then forget about it and hope that God would take care of it? Or do you get on your hands and knees? When was the last time you did that? Got on your hands and knees, day in, day out, and just went before the throne room of God and stirred up your faith and just harassed God until you saw the breakthrough. That's the kind of faith That's the kind of prayer that changes things. That's the kind of faith-filled prayer that God delights to partner with. Imagine if instead of freaking out about our bills, somebody said amen, we prayed and believed for God's provision in our finances every day. 
Imagine if instead of being overwhelmed with what seems to be an impossible circumstance in your world, you prayed without ceasing and you saw God's miracle working power take place in your life. Doors open where previously they hadn't. Healing being poured out where there was previously sickness. Freedom release where there was previously bondage. If you've never prayed before, just start. And hey, we've, uh, we've got such amazing uh, leaders and pastors who have equipped us in, in that way. Pastor Danielle preached a, a message a couple of weeks back on how to pray for 15 minutes. So if you've never prayed before, listen to that podcast, listen to it ASAP. It will help you. It helps me. It's always just a continual reminder, just walks us through the, yeah, just, just the steps in which we can pray and bring things before God. And I love that there's this beautiful promise in Scripture when it comes to seeking God in prayer. And it's in Psalm 9, verse 10. It says this, Those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have never forsaken or have not forsaken those who seek you. What I love about this passage of Scripture is it says, every time we draw near to God in prayer, every time, He is faithful to be close. He is faithful to respond. He never leaves you out to dry. He always responds, He always answers, and He's always faithful to reveal His presence to you and I. That's the God that we serve. He's not distant. He's not far away. He's not, he's not absent. He's close. And it's in prayer that we discover His presence. We've got to, it's essential to the life of a believer. We've got to devote ourselves to prayer. So we've got to devote ourselves to the Word of God, to prayer. And last but not least, as outlined in that Scripture in Acts, we've got to devote ourselves to fellowship or being in church. 1 Peter 2 verse 5 and the, uh, says this, And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. What's more, you are His holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Okay, go on a journey with me for a second. Imagine this, that God's temple was actually a physical location on earth, and you had the opportunity to go and check it out. But, and you're like super excited because it's God's temple. So you would imagine it would be really, really awesome. And then you rock up to the location only to find one stone on a slab of concrete. Not quite a glorious temple, would you imagine? That's what it looks like when we live a life of, with Jesus in isolation. Because it's only God chooses to build his temple, not just in the individual, but in the gathering of his people. The, the scripture says that you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. And what I love about the scripture is it says that God actually doesn't, he no longer is in one place. He used to be before Jesus in one place that you could only access once a year. But because of Jesus, God decided to make his home wherever you and I are gathered together in his name. And as living stones, there's a couple things that happen when we gather and allow God to use us to build His spiritual temple. First and foremost, we discover our best fit. If you imagine yourself as a stone for a second being placed into a building, into a spiritual temple, picture that in your mind for a second. God's got a place, a purpose, specifically chiseled out for you. Giftings that you may not have known you had, a destiny for you that is only truly discovered when you allow God to place you in His house. There, it is perfectly fitted for you to flourish in. It's not, I'm not called to be there, nor are you called to be where I'm meant to be. But it's only in being in the house of God and allowing, allowing yourself to be used and placed there by Him that you discover what that is. And not just do you discover that gifting, but you also discover you're strengthened in your faith and you find the support needed to be able to flourish in that place. 
Imagine with me again, if you've been placed in that place by God as a stone or a brick, as it were, and you had no bricks under you, or you had no support structure, you had no beams locking you in place. You may be flourishing exactly where God's meant you to be, but very quickly you'll become dislodged. Very quickly you'll fall out of place, or you'll crumble under the weight above you. In the same way, it's only in gathering together that we discover the friends, the the pillars, the support network required to strengthen us in all that God's called us to be. So I want to encourage anyone here who's new to church, or you feel like you don't have those kind of people in your world yet, don't wait for them to come to you. Don't wait for them to come to you. Seek them out. Join a connect group. Be all in. Be the most encouraging person in the room. Love on others. Be open-hearted and watch God bring those people into your world because He is the one who builds those living stones into that temple. So if you're in your right spot, God will do the rest. He'll place the stones around that need to be there for you. So let us be a church devoted to the Word of God, to prayer, and to fellowship, gathering in church. I just want us all to close our eyes for a moment. You may be here uh, tonight, and when we're talking about those three things, you may be like, Isaac, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good with the Word of God, or maybe you're really good with prayer. You can outline a couple things that you're good at, but there's just one area where you just feel like God's beginning to stir you to grow in that area. Or maybe you haven't started any of it, but you're feeling God stir up a hunger. If any one of if any one of those people are in the room right now, I just want you to raise your hand. I see that hand. That's awesome. I see that hand as well. I just want to take a moment to pray over those people. Father, I thank you. Father, that when we devote ourselves to you, when we devote ourselves to the Word of God, and when we devote ourselves to prayer, and we, when we devote ourselves to fellowship, Father, you're faithful to meet us there and to pour out your Spirit. And it's where we encounter you when we devote ourselves to you, Lord. That's, that's what pleases you. And Father, I pray even right now that a hunger and a fire and a passion for the things of God would stir up in this house. I declare in Jesus' name that this is a house devoted to the Word of God, going deeper in the Word. This is a house devoted to seeking you in prayer. And this is a house devoted to fellowship. And I thank you that as we do that, Lord, when we build the spiritual temple that you like to dwell in, that you are faithful to fill it with your Holy Spirit. You're faithful to fill it with your presence. Let the love and the faith of God stir up right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We all said? Amen. Amen. Very, very good. Very good. Very, very good. (laughs) Love it. We're devoted, Word of God, to prayer and to fellowship. But hey, we've been talking about these three essential practices Uh, to help us flourish as believers. But at the end of the day, the foundation, the first step, the beginning of it all is a relationship with God through Jesus. I've got to tell you, the things that we're talking about tonight are not just a whole bunch of religious duties meant to tick off our Christian checklist. In the same way that I have devoted myself to honoring my wife, as believers, we do this out out of motivation to love a God who loved us first. And you may be here tonight um, this is your first time here, or maybe a friend brought you along, not 100% sure what's going on. I've got to tell you, if you could leave here tonight with one truth, it's this. 
You and I were created for relationship with God. And it's not a one-sided relationship. It's a relationship where you can encounter His presence in a tangible way. It's a loving, intimate relationship that fulfills you more than anything else in this world could. And I just actually want to take, us, take a moment for, uh, to extend an invitation to anyone here tonight that wants to begin a relationship with God. I'm just going to invite us all to close our eyes one more time. I want to speak to three kinds of people tonight. Firstly, you may be here. Maybe that person who's here for the first time or you've never been in a relationship with God. But in the deepest part of your heart, when you look at your life, you know something is missing. And you've been searching in many different places, but you just haven't found it. I've got to tell you tonight, Jesus is the one who can fulfill that longing and that need. And if you know that, Isaac, I, just, I, I need that. I need that love. I need that relationship with God. What I'll get you to do in a moment is to raise your hand. I'll acknowledge that I've seen your hand. You can put it down in a little bit. We're just going to say a prayer together, inviting Jesus into our lives. And now the second kind of person I want to speak to. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you had a relationship with God at one point. But for whatever reason, you drifted away, started doing life your own way. But in this moment, you know, Isaac, I need to come back to God. I'll get you to raise your hand in a moment if that's you. And the third kind of person I want to speak to. If you believe in God, which is awesome, but when you think about eternity, when you think about life after death, there is not a peace there. I've got to tell you tonight, through Jesus, you can have a security and a peace knowing where you're going to go after this life. Jesus said He is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. If you would open up your heart and invite Him in, you can have that peace and that security. So if you're any one of those three people, on the count of three, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand. Be bold. No one's looking around. This is a moment between you and God. One, two, three. If there's anyone here, I see that hand up the back. I see your hand over to my right. That's so awesome. See your hand. That's a life-changing moment. Is there anyone else? Anyone else here? Don't want to, I don't want to miss this moment. It changes everything. If you just be bold, you may be hearing your, your heart starting to pound. Or maybe you're experiencing warmth coming over your body. That's often God pressing in and knocking on the door of your heart. In this moment, just be bold and respond. Is there anyone else here? Anyone else here who wants to invite Jesus into their lives? Awesome. Well, what we're going to do with all eyes closed, we're going to say a prayer, and we're going to say this together. And for those two people who raised your hand, I want you to say this from your heart like you're saying it directly to God. I'll lead us in it, and as I say, you can repeat it after me. So church, all together, let's, let's pray these words. Dear Heavenly Father, I say that again. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross and rise again so that I could be saved. I'm turning to you tonight. I'm sorry for living life my way. I declare tonight that you are Lord and you are Savior. And I thank you tonight that I'm forgiven, set free, going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we just celebrate those two people who made that decision tonight? Everything changes. Everything changes from this moment forward. And hey, for those two people who raised your hand, we 
week in, week out, we encourage you to do two things. Keep coming to the house of God. Keep coming to church. Because as we said, it's that place where you're strengthening your faith, where you discover more about who God is, and it'll really help you begin this journey. And secondly, we do a course called Alpha where it explores all of the commonly asked questions about faith, about who Jesus is, and you will be able to just be in a safe environment where you can fire off as many questions as you like. Just want to encourage you. Such a significant moment. Church, can we just really celebrate that moment one last time? All of heaven, all of heaven rejoices with you. Well, church, it has been an absolute pleasure to share around God's Word tonight. hope you're encouraged to seek God in the Word and in prayer and in fellowship. I'm going to pass it back to Isaac. Thank you. Awesome.